Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to this Patreon episode of 20 Minute Tims. On this edition, we are going back to the 21st of November 2006, as it is today, Stephen. Yes, on this day. Yeah, 21st of November 2018. And do you know what that means? No. One month exactly until my birthday. <laughs> Note that, listeners. Well, now that you all know, yeah. I expect presents and a happy birthday. Melly's with us as well, Melly. Yes. Melly, this is one of your favourite games. This was your idea. You were buzzing to look back at this, weren't you? Yes. Stephen, it was. This is. A, we're going to do something a bit different here. We've never really done it on this day. So who 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 are we going to be hearing from in this podcast apart from us three? Jan Venegar of Hesselink, wow. the big man, friend, <laughs> friend of the podcast, and Sean Maloney. Holy what? <laughs> on the same it's, podcast as Melly and me and you. So, Melly, what game are we talking about? Celtic 1, Manchester United 0. So, as we do when we go back in time, Stephen, if you could please take us back. Indeed, well, it is an On This Day podcast. So, On This Day, November 21st, 2006, in the UK Top 40, we had Put Your Hands Up for Detroit by (laughs) Fede Legrand. Oh, my God. (laughs) Something Kinda Ooh by Girls Aloud. Classic. Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. Oh, oh that is a classic. That, oh, it sure was. <laughs> Do you know what the number one on this very day was? In the oh. UK Top 40, in the hit parade. In the hip, UK Top 40, sexy, but oh, I don't know, man. I could possibly hazard a guess. Smack That by Akon featuring Eminem. Oh, yep, that oh. was the number one on the day. Big fan of Convict music. <laughs> uh, you know how when we do these things, there's always, always, always a Bond film linked to... The recording of these sort of historic episodes we do. Wasn't it this time? There was. Was there? A matter of days before this game was played, Casino Royale hit the cinemas. Did it? Yep. Like days before. Is that how long ago that was? Yep, indeed. Jesus, man. Casino Royale. And that is my favourite James Bond film. I was going to say, do you think that's maybe, not the last, that's unfair to say, but the latest, the most recent great one, the kind of last, last truly great Bond film in your opinion. I I feel like the, all the ones since have kind of divided opinion a wee bit. They've kind of split people. I think Casino Royale is the best. You're right. It is the best James Bond film. It is that, but is that a classic James Bond? Because you don't really get like the gadgets and all that sort of stuff. No, that's true. So 
I think James Bond purists, a lot of people like the Casino Royale, but um, especially me, they love oh, it. Come but, on, he need to start his own heart again with that. Well, gadget. that's true. He does have the he does have that that gadget. But. And what they lack in gadgets, they make up for in ball torture. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Vespa Lund. Indeed. Also, around at this time was Happy Feet. <laughs> the Penguin movie? Yeah. That's, well, Casino Royale is my favourite film and Happy Feet's Melly's favourite film. <laughs> the day after the game saw the release of Deja Vu with Denzel Washington, directed by the late, great Tony Scott. Remember him? Is he dead? Yeah, he died in 2012 or something. Did he? Yeah. Jeez, I'm not up in my pop culture no. references from 2006 <laughs> at all. On TV, three days after this game, the original run of Love Island was axed due to poor ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew then that it would go on to be the cultural touchstone of assholes everywhere? <laughs> That's just right. ten years later. Because it, I it sort of sort of rebooted, hasn't oh, it? Love time. Island. Everyone loves it. Well, Love Island back then was full of people like Jane Middlemiss and Paul Duran and Callum Best several times and all. It's not really like that anymore. It's 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 a different type of nobody asshole that's in it now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just a just an indication of the dumbing down of our society. <laughs> Birthdays: twenty first of November. Not on this day. Well, it would have been on this day as well. Yeah. <laughs> as, as the That's how birthdays work, yeah. <laughs> Harold Ramis, uh, the legendary director and actor who's sadly also no longer I, with oh, us. Um, he played Egon in Ghostbusters yes. and was director of many classic comedies from the time, like Groundhog Day and the National Lampoon I, films and all that. Bjork. Is that her birthday? Bjork's birthday. Birthday today, as we record it. Oh, happy birthday, Bjork. Goldie Big. Hawn. Oh, oh, there we go. And footballers Saul Niguez and Fabian Delph. And it was oh. and and back in two thousand and six, twenty first of December, it was one month to the day before I lost my VL. <laughs> so um also on this day though, we're not going to cover this just now, but also on the twenty first of November, a few years before, nineteen ninety eight, Celtic crushed the Huns five one. So they did. Indeed. <laughs> But this is the game we are deciding to talk about, Melly. Um, and what I'm going to do is, just for old time's sake, because I, th- I, th- I think sometimes rather than the cultural touchstones that you provide, Stephen, yeah. what helps transport me back are the lineups, the players you for- the players you forget and what hope to forget. So, Melly, the Celtic lineup, if the you Celtic. please. Incidentally, we watched this game together. We watched the first game at yours away to Man United. So I'll take you back. Right. What a team, by the way, the hoops. Man United, decent team as well. So Celtic lined up 4-4-2. Boric, Telfer, Baldy, McManus, Naylor, Nakamura, Gravison, Lennon, Snow, Venegura, Hesserink and Zurovsky. Coming on at half-time where Yarisic and Maloney and Kenny Miller comes on at five minutes to go. Man United line up in their 18-man squad for this game. 14 of that 18-man squad were in the 18-man squad for the Champions League win the following year. So that cu- just a year later, yeah. A couple of tweaks in that. This team goes on to win the Champions League, so it's it's a fair good team. Van der Sar, Neville, Ferdinand, Vidic, Heinze, Ronaldo, Carrick, Scholes, Giggs, Saha, Zaha, Saha. <laughs> <laughs> I just do that. Saha and Rooney coming on are Patrice Evra and John O'Shea. First of all, let's talk about Man U because we're going to talk a lot about what a team. Aye, absolutely. As Melly said, it's the, the team that goes on to win the Champions League just, just a year later. We've got Ronaldo, 
and that team who went on to win the Ballon d'Or mm-hmm. just just a year later. I'm glad you you took care of that lineup there because I, I'm still to this day not really sure how to pronounce Heinze. Heinze. I, I just know it's not Heinz as most people would have said it. Not the only Beans reference that's going to be in this podcast, by the <laughs> way. Just a bit of foreshadowing there. But yeah, I had some team, Ferdinand and Vidic. That defence. Yeah, it's that. the best defensive centre partnership. In Europe, yeah, arguably in Europe. Well, as they went on to prove. Yep. Yeah. Rennie Mullenstein was the assistant manager at that time, mm. or the first team coach. And I remember I seen an interview with Gary Neville talked about the defence was so good for that Champions League win because he just drilled well, the back four and Van der Sar that season. So that that team is absolutely brilliant. And of course, managed by Sir Alex. Sir Alex, Alex. yep. Good to get one over Sir Alex, although he is a top class manager. We know his past. It's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just off the top of my head here I'm going to ask you as a pop quiz based on those two lineups. how many of those players that merely named out the two squads are still playing professional football off the top of my head without looking without cheating six I oh, know that's overshooting it this is, this is 12 years ago <laughs> four I'm going to say five Kenny Miller Kenny Miller Boric Boric Ronaldo Rooney and John O'Shea Everyone else is retired, as far as I can tell. How many of those players went into management and then retired from management to start playing again? <laughs> Kenny boy. Kenny boy. Well, on the on the Celtic lineup, I think it was an attempt by Strachan to sort of contain that midfield. I mean, look at that midfield, the skulls, the carrot, gigs, Ronaldo. And in an attempt to contain that, they left out McGeady, Maloney and Kenny Miller in favour of the more defensive-minded Evander Snow. And I think Gravison played on the right in this game, switching yeah. Nakamura over to the left. Every time I say that, every time I talk about Nakamura's position on any of these podcasts, I instantly get get triggered by the <laughs> fact that he never played in his proper position for Celtic. <laughs> but that's that's for another day. He played on the left wing this time with the the big guy and the wee guy up front. Mm-hmm. We all, all love a bit of that. So that's the lineups. The competition, as I said earlier on, was was the Champions League, um, and it was. I can remember after the game, it was very finely poised to the point where we weren't even sure whether or not we, well, would, we had qualified by that point. I think, I can't remember, ITV and Sky had Champions League at the time, so it was yeah. on both. Whatever one we watched, which I think might have been Sky, we didn't say Celtic had qualified. It was only till somebody texted me and told me, so the other one knew, but the one we watched didn't. So where was the group? How was the group poised for this match? Well... We actually qualified automatically for the Champions League this year, which, oh boy, that would be good these in imagine, this day I'm, I, that, You're not kidding on, though. I'm, you know, imagine that, yeah. just straight into the Champions League, just getting the cheque right in your bank. We might not have seen that pretty harrowing dip in form we saw this season, because we, we, we tend to forget, it's even we're recording this podcast and you're like, a wee kind of dip of form, it's not so great. But you forget that we've already played eight games before the season, before people are back their holidays, yeah. you know. Imagine that in this day and age, just going straight into the thing. Brilliant. We were second seeds alongside, well, with Man United top, Celtic, Benfica and Copenhagen. So it was a tough group, mm-hmm. tough going. This was obviously the fifth game, but we'd be beaten by Man United 3-2 in the first game at Old Trafford. Classic game. Well, shortly after you signed for Celtic, you played at Old Trafford. Uh, how did you rate your chances in that game and in the, the Champions League as a whole? Well, uh, um, we played uh, with a great strip and with uh, the green and black That's strip. Classic, yeah, we're all, we're all yeah, a big fan yeah, of that yeah. one, yeah. yeah I, I really like that, 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 uh, that kit and um, 
um, yeah, away Old Trafford and uh, one 0 up, <laughs> and then uh, I think they were playing better, but one 0 up, great, that was a good goal, and uh, then two one up by Naka. Yeah, and then I think it was a little bit. Uh, I think we because we played quite good. I remember playing quite good on Old Trafford with, uh, with with uh, Thomas Clausen, and I think uh, we we had a good, good game. And then eventually there was the, the, the I think it was a Schwalbe from uh, from Giggs. Yeah, the penalty. dodgy penalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really dodgy penalty, and eventually three <laughs> two, and. Um, yeah, well, if you look at it in hindsight, the the game, the two goals that we scored and the, the result that we had, then we and we won at one 0 and at Southern Park. Then it was great to 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 um, actually we made the first step already in that game because we lost, but we had the away goals yeah, and then we won against Man U, so we already qualified in the fifth game of that. For the last game, we didn't have to do anything because we had a better result already than you had. I think if you look at that, it, 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 that's just a great achievement from from us. And like, we were quite a new team also, and all uh, uh, Trevor for us uh, just this uh, experience. And uh, like I said, we played Champions League for Celtic against Man United against the big names, and and uh, uh, you can I scored a little goal, and yeah, it's it's just uh, I must say that's 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 great. And, uh, like I said, we didn't. We didn't win, but I, I look at that game with a, with a great thing, a great, uh, great feelings, and also the fans behind the the, the goal, just the whole top. I, for me, I was uh, playing at PSV in Twente before, and then uh, the fans went with uh, Celtic to 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 Manchester. But it was like so many, I couldn't believe my eyes because the whole stand. Behind the goal, the whole upper tier was all green and white, and I was thinking, oh, all those people coming, yeah, they, they just they just they do that. And for me, that was a great, uh, also an opening experience. And like I said, th- those things help you to understand how it is to to uh, to be a Celtic player and how it is to people to to uh, to play for that club. And uh, well, I was naked after that game. I remember that, but uh, I was shamed we lost. Well, the return game at Celtic Park, I mean, you're talking about a Man United team that had world-class players in it. Your Ronaldo, Scholes, yeah. Giggs. This is only one year before they went on to be European champions. But in particular, yeah. did Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic, you know, that's one of the best partnerships in Europe at the time. Did Gordon give you any specific instructions to play against them? No, no, no. I just <laughs> enjoyed Like I said, for those games, of course, we had a kind of tactic but uh, in those games, it sounds really strange, but just enjoy it. So, like I said, we are all professionals, so we know what we have to do. Uh, but the most thing is, you don't have to build up yourself up for that. Maybe the only thing is, don't build yourself too much up for, for those games, because you, yeah. you, you block yourself. And uh, that's why... What, what Gordon really... Uh, what Mr. Second really... Uh, the now is is prepare yourself for those kinds of games, and uh, I, I don't want to sound really uh, 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 too rumor thing, but the, the games at Celtic Park are something different, and uh, even if you, those those games give you uh, the fans give you an extra ten. 
15, maybe 20 percent to 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 get a result, and that that's just the case. And uh, that is, uh, like I said, we, we won that game. I think nine minutes for time. Naka scored a, an amazing free kick. It was in the wall. So in a, I was looking at the ball and I thought, wow, this is going to get a big chance of of getting in. And it just curled it great in and. Uh, it's something different to play at Celtic Park and uh, people don't understand if they weren't there Uh, people and players and fans talk about Celtic Park and the biggest players in the world and they'll all tell you that it's the biggest thing to play there on a Champions League night and well that is and it gives you such more spirit than normally it's it's not always uh, uh, honest to, to other games, but it, it's just the way like that. You know how it is. You, go, you know, you know how it is as a fan. If you yeah. understand with the Champions League, it's just something different. And sometimes you just can't compare that with another league game. With all due respect for other other teams, and but that's just a, a thing that's there and uh, that helped us a lot. And especially uh, during our period with, with uh, Mr. Shrek and that we that we qualified and with big big players that we played against. Yeah, it's just just give you that extra extra mile that, that we could uh, run even more um, like I said not always play the best that's that's a, that's, that's a big thing eh? uh, we didn't always play the best football but the, but the the strength of the team and the the willingness to run that extra mile and the willingness to get that extra tackle that was really important and that's why we sometimes we won games and then with a little bit of brilliance of Naka or uh, of another player of Magidi and then we had that player could make a difference and then as a team either and that was uh, I think a really important thing. Did you think Nakamura would score that free kick? I mean, it was one of the best free kicks ever scored, in my opinion. And by all accounts, he used to practice them day and night. Um, how how confident were you he was going to score that? Well, I said, Nakamura, if he didn't force, no, no, I was, uh, I, I, well, I knew, you know, Naka was exceptional. His free kick was something really, really different. And, um, I played with a couple of players and uh, not Naka is in top one of uh, the uh, free kick uh, people and um, he he could could he could give an, an he could kick an old fashioned free kick like a a high curl with pace with everything he could do and that's that's the thing he could do that all and that's that's why his free kick was accurate. Nice to watch, uh, uh, the perfect one. And like I said, he, he, he trained also every day, almost every day uh, on, uh, on Lennoxtown. And um, he, he got the balls again and he was kicking the balls over the, over the wall. And uh, it's just doing all the time. And I hope so that he was putting the ball in and, and eventually did it. And uh, I think from the side was on goal. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, such a such a great feeling because we knew if we if you could kick this ball in because I think the game was quite hard and so if you can kick this ball in then just def- defend <laughs> next coming fifteen minutes just defend and get your result. But I remember that we didn't know we were qualified then. Then in the dressing rooms, oh qualified, we're not qualified. And then the high rate came out, so we were qualified. So it was great, uh, great feeling. So three two. Goals from a double from Zaha and one from Sosha. Zaha. Zaha. With an S. <laughs> Louis Zaha. 
Jan Venegaro, obviously scored a great goal turn yeah. and was it Ferdinand he turned yeah. in the left foot and Nakamura another great free kick Giggs dived for a penalty <laughs> sure did awarded by Lubos Mikel who is Lubos Mikel was he the was he the referee from the UEFA Cup final yes Aye. I will never forget that <laughs> Slovakian prick <laughs> <laughs> Racial, so <laughs> he was lacking a Slovenian one of them. So we've been beaten even more racial. <laughs> I know. So I'm sure he's lacking. We beat obviously by Manu in the first game. Copenhagen had drawn nil nil. We then beat Copenhagen one nil at Parkhead. We scored a penalty. Doesn't matter who scored it. <laughs> <laughs> then we went at the double header against Benfica. That lovely three 0 win at Celtic Park. Oh, of course, that yeah. was that a good game. Yeah, that was a great game. But there was think. ten players who played magnificently <laughs> that night. Stephen Pearson scored, and somebody else got a double. <laughs> we then went to away to Benfica, and you're thinking three 0 against Benfica. Just get a draw, or don't get any worse than we done mm. we get beat 3-0 Gary Caldwell <laughs> gave away a penalty and a absolute howler as well I think it was Louis Al or something he gave the ball to right I remember watching that game I, it's been it's changed hands several times but do you know that thing it's in the opposite corner to O'Neill's in the Merchant City it was so it's, it had a, a yes. range of terrible names over yeah. the year. It was like G Town something. I think it was Red Lizard at the time. I vividly remember watching that Caldwell horror show in there. So we go into this game, Man United are on nine points, Celtic on six, Benfica on four, and Copenhagen on four. So it is all to play for. Every every team can still qualify with two games to go. So Stephen, this was this would have been Back in the heyday, as we discussed, when we got right into the Champions League, four four two, both teams. Come on, oh, <laughs> yeah, proper um, football. <laughs> what did you make of Gordon Strachan's European approach? Because I remember at the time um, he got he got slaughtered for it a lot of the time. People wanted to see Celtic play more attacking, but Gordon Strachan was very good at picking a team and picking a formation for a specific game. And yeah, especially when it came to the European football, he seemed to have it figured out quite early that. What you need is keep the ball. Yeah, look, there's a balance, a very fine balance that has to be said to, to be had in these games. It's a debate that still rages today. Would you rather turn up and try and play your own brand of football and potentially get humped, or would you just try and get points at all costs? And Gordon Strachan, you know, for all the criticism of the style of football, which which is warranted at times because it, it started creeping into the just the general style understriking yeah. rather than just being an excuse for Europe. You couldn't really just point and say, I we're playing that way in Europe and it's working. But the league form is absolutely scintillating. That ne- wasn't necessarily always the case with Strachan. But the proof the proof is in the pudding, as they say. Another big cliche there. Strachan got results in Europe, that can't be denied, and he, and he got into the last 16. I think this was the first time, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. first time. No complaints whatsoever. Got some got some great results in there, in particular this one. One of the and in this result includes kind of one of the great modern moments for Celtic. It's looking at the lineup, McGeady and Maloney dropped. There's there's no width in the team. No, none. No, we've got Strachan and it's <laughs> Gravison and Nakamura on on the wings, neither of whom are wingers. So he obviously I wonder if he, he obviously put Gravison out there to give more protection, possibly for Ronaldo. Or... More headless chickenness. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I think in the Copenhagen game after this was one of Gravison's last game because Strachan absolutely slaughtered him for not having any positional sense, but you're a massive fan of Evander Snow, so why don't you? <laughs> uh, that midfield as well, you look at it, it's, what a creative 
midfield pairing that is mm. if Anderson or Neil Lennon that's you're setting your stall out there pretty clearly in the, that case the juice that Gordon Strachan managed to squeeze from such rotten fruit yeah. as Evander Snow <laughs> and Yuri Yarosik and you know I mean Paul Telfern I mean he was a steady Stephen Pearson Stephen sort of, yeah. Pearson Presley didn't feature at any point in this game didn't he no, no, no that was a he joined you, later on spoke about Kenny Miller why are you bringing him up I know <laughs> um, um, when you look at the the lineup, I was saying there was there's no width and there's two guys up front and it's not as if Telford and Naylor are byline fullbacks that are going to bomb on. Decent at what they've done. But you're just looking at that team and you're going, how did he qualify for two last 16s in a row? We'll probably never do that again. No, no, we won't. A lot the the defence as well, they look Baldy and McManus. McManus was a great player. Baldy at this point, hasn't played he's played only a couple of times in about seven months this is the tail end of Baldy when he was involved in all sorts of contractual disputes and all that he gets wheeled out for this game to go and play against it shouldn't be forgotten a lot of people kind of judge Wayne Rooney on the latter part of his career and and don't really fully appreciate how good he was this is peak Rooney this is when they're about to win the Champions League with him Ronaldo and Tevez up front is you know arguably the best three in Front three in Europe at the time. Was Bobo Berbatov would have been there at the time. I know he's, was he there at the time as well. Not sure. I know he didn't didn't feature in this. He didn't feature here, but mm. I'm sure that well, he he get dropped for the Champions League final, didn't mm. he? So maybe, but uh, Rooney, I think at the time or just after this, it was Ronaldo, Messi, and Rooney were the top three in the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, that's right. Saha was great as well. Oh, Saha was a cracking player. player. As we going into this game, as we'd already found out, Old Trafford, he scored two. In, mm-hmm. in that game and again you're, you're pitching in big Bobo yeah. just, just out, of the, out of the blue I forgot about that Bobo thing he, I forgot like, he disappeared yeah, yeah, off the, the face of the planet chaining himself to the gates at Celtic Park and all that was it not no I think what he had a, I think what happened was got, it, Martin O'Neill done his famous gave Bobo Baldy yeah. some massive massive contract uh, and this it was, was a ridiculous contract they, he signed it but he could sign for any other team up to the last day of the deadline for nothing uh, and subsequently he didn't and then his, his deal kicked in. It was wild. Celtic sort of pleaded with him, can we please let you go? And they had the meeting with, and he had that famous, famous phrase where he sat down with Peter Lowell and says, you might be the CEO of Celtic Football Club, but I am the CEO of Bobo Baldy. <laughs> balling. <laughs> I know, absolutely balling. He never really played for MD after us, did he? No, didn't need to. He uh, was wadded. Many, G's a week. Many of O'Neill's team didn't. I mean, they, they all went on to play for this. You think about Diddy, again, slightly off subject here, but Diddy again, Chris Sutton and John Hartson, they all went on to play for someone, but their careers were kind of winding down. They went and went to Forest, didn't they? Mm, yeah. This was like, we had, we'd sort of started to clear out the season before yeah. O'Neill's team. And this, and this summer we'd lost the likes of John Hartson. Mm, yeah, and uh, Petrov, he, yeah. he left this he season. He left and Gravison and Yarisic came in. Yeah, Varga, he went away. And do you know who also left that season? That summer, no. Look at yourselves, Celtic legend Dion Dublin. Oh, oh of course, yeah. Well, this is this a, just a season before Donati and Brown. Then this yeah. is the yeah right. Yeah. Okay, this is the Yarosik and Gravison revolution. And just to complete the transfers of note, the of, of that previous summer who left Charlie Mulgrew. Oh, did oh, he? He, he left for the the first time. Aye, yeah. he left. He left in a. I think did we not swap him for Kenny Miller? We went to Wolves for Aye. Naylor, was it not? Oh, was it Naylor? I don't know if it was directly linked, but they swapped places. <laughs> I know. Imagine swapping Charlie Mulgrew for Lee Naylor. Lee Naylor That's is a, a guy, terrible deal. He's, he's a guy I always forget about. In my mind, there are big 
blanks when it comes to sales. You know how uh, the story about David Bowie is that he can't really remember a lot of the seventies because it was so. Can't remember it now. Right, right. <laughs> so it, apparently his memories are just full of big holes <laughs> when when he was still alive. I feel like that kind of the the same way with Celtic. I can't really remember what happened before Emilio Izaguirre. There's like <laughs> there's like Tosh McKinley left back, left back, left back, no left back for about fifteen years, and then. Emilio Izaguirre I, I quite often forget about Lee Neller Danny Fox Mo Kamara Badir El Kaduri Yep Kaduri. Okay, Oh god I de- definitely forgot about Edson him Edson Braffied Edson Braffied <laughs> uh, Scott Brown at left back At one point Scott under Brown. Mowbray Aidan McGeady at left back Under Mowbray Yeah Great days Ulrich Lawson Oh aye Speaking of Bobo hmm. Gets himself into an absolute mess Oh in the game Yeah, oh. it's a, yeah it's a, He's under complete control of the ball And then just completely falls <laughs> over it Ronaldo goes clean through and goal Boric as he did in these games, saved us. Yeah. Save with a leg, Schmeichel-esque. Credit to Baldi, he gets back and does enough yeah, to put, put, to put Ronaldo would, off. Yeah. Look at the size of him. Ronaldo, Ronaldo was a monster. Ronaldo Baldi. was nowhere near as built then no, as he no. is now. Lovely wee blonde highlights. That's right. But Baldi was good at just getting getting that big leg in there, wasn't he? Just, it seemed to have like just sort of extending legs when he was going for those tackles. But yeah, it makes a complete mess of this. Just gets the ball stuck under his feet under no pressure. No, though. he takes like two extra touches. I, again, I find it hard to blame him because a it didn't lead to a goal, and b he was again dragged into yeah. the team having not played in ages before this. The, the first half didn't have the game didn't have that. No, it's no, not a huge many incidents. Game, no. there, there was massive incidents, but there wasn't that many. We've got Celtic's best chance in the first half was Zuravsky crosses from the right hand side. Gravison sort of heads it back across goal but there's no takers hmm. probably the biggest thing to happen is the changes at half time with Yarisic coming on and Maloney coming on I think we we seen that the two up front wasn't working there was no supply to them so we just left Big Yan up himself put Maloney out wide and Zorowski I think he just went in behind the striker what did you make of what did you make of Zorowski as a striker at his time at Celtic good start but it's just much like Big Yan, my, my mate. Um, I I defended these guys quite a lot when they were at, at Celtic because I, I don't know, I just did. I, I found it difficult to criticise guys and if they were scraping over that 20 goal a season barrier, which Stravsky did in his yeah. first season, but I think he went from 20 in his first season to 10 the next season. I think Venegura Hesling took a similar trajectory. He was a good player. I remember him coming with a big reputation. I think he'd, he'd scored against Real Madrid previously. His scoring record, yeah. at, um, I think, to be buying from Wisla. Yeah. Was it like Krakow? Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely like it was. I'm just looking, it was 100 and odd goals and 100 and odd appearances. His, nah, his uh, scoring yeah, was record ridiculous. was ridiculous. A lot of Champions League goals as well. It, he had that. He scored at Ibrox, didn't he? With, yeah, in one Roy Keane's only, uh, his only appearance at Ibrox, probably the 1 yeah. 0 game. Yeah, he scored that goal. But And, and did he get the goal against Clyde? In the two-one defeat, I think he did. Think he, did. <laughs> he was one of the first players I remember. Just one of the first ones where on Kerrydale Street you got the YouTube video of his yes. goals, yeah, and and that's what sort of brought the hate. But I thought he was a decent enough, a decent enough player, but just never really the class that we expected. He was replaced by McDonald. McDonald oh, I think Maloney yeah. played a lot up front yeah. the next season. It was just, it was difficult. You're going from Larson, Hearts, and Sutton. They'd all just gone and. You're trying to replace these guys because mm. Hartson played in uh, the first season alongside Zorovsky. He left and then was replaced by Jan Venegur. It was difficult. We're just fishing in a completely different 
I was going to say market, but fishing in a, a different market. <laughs> fishing in a different market. <laughs> he's, he's one we of those could guys. could afford the players yeah. we previously could anymore. This I mean, is... we spent a lot of money on Jan. We spent three and a half yeah, yeah, million right. on Jan. But, but he's yeah. another one who had an exceptional scoring record yeah. elsewhere. He yeah. was one of the top scoring Dutch players all, of all time at the, the time in the league. But once a big name. Oh my God, yeah, a big, big name. Zerowski's one of those guys, kind of much like Harold Bratback, who should have worked out, but didn't, didn't mm. quite. He came in with a great scoring record, scored a few goals, a couple of really important goals and really that was kind of all she wrote about that particular player a kind of a transitional player in between eras of better strikers yeah. really he got four against them Fellman in a game we talked about was yeah. it the 8-0 game yeah 8-1 yeah. yeah. 8-1 that's right 8-1 did Maloney score that on overhead kick yeah. or something yeah. 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 the green, the green yeah. kit yeah. with the wee bits of white and yellow Lennon scored in that game as well so he did <laughs> <laughs> there's not as I said there's not many incidents until the incident the incident where Yarisic is absolutely chopped <laughs> in half by Vidic. You said it before this. He was brilliant at that. That's all he did. That was his only contribution to Celtic. He wasn't great. I think he played well against Kilmarnock in his first league game. I think it was 4-1. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, then he played well in the Champions League. I think he did well against Hearts. He scored mm. a good goal against Hearts as well. But it just he didn't seem to play well in Scotland. But when you brought him into Europe, there was the following year as well Shakhtar he made a big difference he scores in this Champions League campaign I think he scores away to Copenhagen but he seemed to do it in these type of games but he just won that free kick we don't have a lot of players that can do that so yeah Jaroslik was a a frustrating player for me because I know that he'd signed just as Chelsea got the money just under like Ranieri and sort of things and um, he he sort of like when you say he was was linked to Celtic you think we're actually getting a, a decent player here um, he, he was like in the 2002 World Cup squad for the Czech mm. Republic who yeah. had a, a brilliant yeah, team brilliant at that time yeah. um, but like you said Millie, he just never seemed he only seemed to do it when he could be bothered and he could only really be bothered once or twice or three times a year yeah I remember reading an interview I think it was years later where he, he was just talking about he was lonely in Glasgow I think he, I, I know but it's a guy coming from a, miles away from home shoved into Glasgow it's Baltic like it is tonight I mean he came from he came from Birmingham. He was at Birmingham <laughs> was the season before. Birmingham. <laughs> Fair enough. Then. Do you remember the time Yuri Yarosik, Leslie Grantham did though? Oh, aye. Remember he was he was uh, he was in the tabloids after he seductively ate a banana on a webcam. That's right. <laughs> he fucking did. He so s- he did. He sucked off a banana. You, you can go and look at that. Gordon Strachan, in typical Gordon Strachan fashion, he said, well, at least he's getting his protein in. Uh, uh, no protein in bananas. Yeah, um, but, but on Yarosik, I, I mean, it was a great signing at the time on paper. The opposition manager that we're talking about here, Alex Ferguson, the great Sir Alex, his quote about Celtic signing Yarosik was that they've won a watch with this guy. So it must have been a guy he'd identified at various points in his career. But I think Yarosik's greatest contribution was falling over against Manchester United mm. to win this free kick. Whatever I say, the best free kick I've ever seen is Naka and you're standing right <laughs> beside him. Are you ever going to take that free kick as well? Uh, no, Naka, it was on Naka's side. Uh, Naka was actually, considering how good he was at free kicks, I was, I was... I was okay. I wasn't as good as Naka, but he was pretty generous for giving me free kicks on him. So when it was on my side, generally, unless the wall was in a particular position, which meant that it was a left foot or had less to do to score, then. But in fairness, that was like, I'd, like if I saw that as well, that's no problem. And he'd be the same on his side. Um, but no, with that one, it was too far for me. That like that's like the power he could generate from 
so I could do it a bit closer to the 18 yard box I could get it up and down but he could he could hit all types of free kicks I that still, free kick was a, I still think that's one of the best I've ever seen when you take into account the distance distance is unbelievable the, like the, 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 area the, it, the goalie that was in the, the match the level of competition it was unbelievable yeah it was amazing Yeah, um, really good player technically really really good I think Strachan still raves about him but uh, he, again he was probably a level above that squad in terms of technically um, really good worked really hard um, and just amazing set piece of here. Vidic couldn't believe it oh, he's just standing there with his head in his hands <laughs> he bust out laughing at yeah, one point he did bust out laughing well when you see the free kick you see what 35 yards out mm. yeah He's obviously disappointed he's giving it away, but he's not expecting the unexpected, is he? So the free kick, 35 yards out. 40. 40 yards 45. out. Any advance on 40? There's actually there's a quote from Bertie Old about this free kick. Just to, it Basically just talking about how good it is, mm. but he also goes on to say that it's the kind of thing we'll all still be talking about for years to come, but we'll get further and further out and there'll be more men in the wall every time yeah. we talk about it. But he, as he put it, it doesn't need that because you can just go on and watch this thing on YouTube and see how good a free kick it was. I think it was Matt Letizia has waxed lyrical about this thing for years as well, said it's basically the best free kick he's, he's ever seen. Letizia, no no stranger to a, a spectacular Peach. goal himself. I think his favourite goal that he ever scored, the one he likened, the one Nakamura took to, was not technically a free kick. Someone flicked it up for him and he oh, volleyed it into the, yeah. into the top corner against Wimbledon, I think it was. But he said he wasn't capable of doing what Nakamura did in that goal. So my, my thoughts on it are, are made clear. I think it's the best free kick I've ever seen. Yeah. Just that you couldn't have put it anywhere else. No, it's the only place that Van der Sar what the in the top three goalkeepers at that time. Absolutely. Him, Buffon. The, the guy was brilliant. That defence, I mean, the wall as well, Ferdinand Vidic in there, massive wall. He's only got the square width of a ball he put it in that corner like it's wild it should also be noted that Nakamura has scored a free kick against Van der Sar just three months yeah. previously in the other game yeah. Van der Sar's expecting this he knows what he's going to do Van der Sar left himself a wee bit too open I thought in the Old Trafford's yeah. le- leg of this tie he left an awful lot of space but he didn't do that this time he's, he's covered himself a lot more but he has he's put it completely into the into the postage stamp as it's as it's known it just looked it's one of the matches you just, I wish I was there it was absolutely just looked like pandemonium in the stadium I don't think half the people could no. the players could believe it went in Nakamura just runs away grabbing the badge absolutely brilliant it's Nakamura it's another Whilst you were talking there, Melly, I just just googled Nakamura to see what he's up to there now. And apparently, according to his Wikipedia page, at age 40, he's still playing still football. Still kicking the ball? At oh, age 40? Ah, oh, terrific. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely unbelievable. He was played for. a great smile on my face, you know, uh, that? He was playing well for playing. Yokohama Marinos or he, something. He was. Yeah. Now he's playing for Jubilo Iwata. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke. 
Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura. Not the wrestler. Not the wrestler. A player, Celtic's first Japanese signing. Mm. Yes. Um, not the last. Not the last. No. Not. We signed him from Regina. Is that yes. how you pronounce yeah, yeah. that? Yeah. Right. After we, we get pumped 5-0 by Bratislava. Yes, we did in the two, in the 2005 window. Was he just on the verge of signing when yeah, that game he happened? the next day, I think. I thought it was one of those like, jokes where the plane was probably coming <laughs> around in, in midair. He was a, a bona fide football superstar in Japan. Yeah. Um, and when he came to us, a, a player of the highest quality. Paid for his fee in shut sales. But you know what? <laughs> that, that, that myth has been banded about all the time, right? And you've, I read a thing recently that you do really only get that with the likes of Mbappe or Ronaldo. Yeah, and, and they, they have pay, different licensing deals. Yeah, yeah, and they will pay their club, will get the transfer fee back mm. through shirt sales plus a football shirt now. Uh, do you know the price of a football shirt now? That's Ridiculous. That's outrageous. Right. Probably. I, like if you go to, if you want a Barcelona shirt for the Barcelona shirt with name on the back, it's like 120 quid. Yeah, I, I was absurd. in the I was in the Real Madrid shop fairly recently, just at the end of the summer there, and I thought it was it was my birthday's uh, my brother's birthday, kind of run about the times. So I was like, do you know what? I'll nip in the Real Madrid shop, pick him something up at disgusting places. <laughs> like, the, the cheapest you are, you're looking at 120, 130 euros. Mental, yeah. absolutely mental. But this is back in the day when you know you could buy a Celtic shirt for forty odd quid. Mm. Point being, we probably did make it back because he was a bona fide superstar. Free kicks. But extraordinary, as, as I said, you know, nobody in the world was really hitting free kicks like that. There was a few key guys, the Beckhams, the Juninos, yeah. um, played on the left-hand side of midfield for us, played on the right-hand side for midfield, pretty much got chucked in anywhere. Always had these accusations of being too lightweight for the Scottish League, but I, I just don't think that was true at, at all. No, um, no, and you, some of the stats around at the time was that he did more running than anyone else in the mm. team. It's not, it wasn't just one of these we sort of... I know everyone wants to look at a guy like Nakamura and think, oh, he's just one of these floaty wee luxury players, doesn't get stuck in all that, but that simply wasn't true about Nakamura. And on the free kicks themselves, I'm sure he scored eight or nine of them in one season for Celtic, which is absolutely staggering when it comes to free kicks. It wasn't only free kicks he scored. I remember he scored a hat-trick against the D United. Yeah. That was, that was a Pretty great hat-trick yeah, as well. But yeah, do you know how he celebrated this game? I'm going to guess, and I hope I'm not bit killing here, but did he go to the gym? Yes, he went to the gym. Because he, yeah. was, he was famous for that. Yeah, that, was, that was his thing. And this this was obviously an, an evening kickoff, so we're, t- we're probably talking about you know 11 o'clock or something yeah. like that. And he comes at the gym because people were waiting for him outside. There were Japanese journalists commissioned to just follow him around and just basically document his every move in Glasgow. And they were waiting till like half 10 or 11 o'clock at night or whatever it was to, till he came out because he went straight to the gym after the game that was his routine and he wasn't going to break it just because he'd done something absolutely world class he had his own stretching routine and all that kind of thing which he did abso- after paying the off because he's still was, sitting oh, here yeah, absolutely, yeah. still sitting here and playing in the, the top flight. somebody else in this game Giggs was another yeah, famous yoga joke, and, yeah he, he took up yoga in his later career and played till he was 41 or something another interesting thing about Nakamura Before was you say something about Giggs there as well. <laughs> <laughs> another interesting thing about Nakamura was I was watching one of these Sky Sports teammates things mm. about that time and, they, <laughs> and, and, and do you know what you know what I'm going to say and they asked who's the longest in the shower and the answer was Nakamura don't believe him. Don't believe I, <laughs> I don't believe that. No offence. Um, so the free kick, as you described, Melly, pandemonium in the stand, Nakamura to the right, Sean Maloney standing to his left. Nine minutes to go. Nine minutes to go. And he hits it with such precision. Not, not a huge amount of pace on it, but it travelled so far, 
right in at the postage stamp. And the best bit, do you know what my favourite bit of watching the clip is? From behind the goal, because Van der Sar is over, like an absolute yeah. whippet, flying through the air with his big, yeah. big paw, and it just he had, doesn't even have a, a hope in hell of getting it. It was absolutely sensational. The best. The best. The best free kick I have ever seen. The best free kick path. ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Everything so, was riding on it as well. The way the result turns out, who it was against, that Man United team, the goalkeeper, Celtic going through for the first time in their history. It was unbelievable. Lovely strip yeah. as well. I liked how the, you're not allowed the, the, the hoops in the back of, over the number. So they had the white bit. Yeah, the panel. Yeah, yeah right. so it just looks good when he's running away and you see the Nakamura 25. You're right though, it's the wider ramifications of this goal as well that make it so so special because, as I said, it was the first time we got into the Champions League last 16 ever. It's really only up against David Beckham's free kick against Greece. For the for the weight of of what that brought mm. because that was the one they got into You're the drawn World Cup. against Greece, but come on, that's very very true. Scrape that Diff, different opposition against Nakamura. That's that's certainly for sure. But this is the eighty first minute. This was yeah. Free kick hits the hits the back of the net. This you is when the game. Yeah, this is when the game finally explodes into life because not an awful lot had happened up until this point. And then as you, as a word Melly's used on this podcast, pandemonium ensues. Yep, Louis Saha. <laughs> has an absolute glorious chance. Rooney with a great ball a over. Ball, I, just somehow, how do you see that? But Rooney, they had a good partnership, Rooney and Saha. Yeah. They were very good, so it just lobs it over. Saha gets it, but he thinks he's offside. Boric comes out, Schmeichel-esque again, spreads himself, and it's a sort of lazy attempt at a lob, and just after it, you can see Saha's gutted. He, he realises he's onside, and he, totally he just... Stopped playing. This one on one, he had he could have done anything else and buried it, but Boric bringing sexy back with that. <laughs> the your haircut there, Stephen, he's got the shave <laughs> nut at the time, the big so, yellow goalie top. Imagine, imagine it was the other way around. Imagine Boric had stopped playing, oh. like he had just assumed it would be an offside and he just kind of strolled out and Saha chips it over him. Imagine that had happened. I love, so I many, love Arthur Boric. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's They're so best. many kind of ifs and buts about the end of this game. It's just so, so many. It just so, from that point on, it just went all Celtic's way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bit, say that. Well, I, I mean, the luck eventually yeah, yeah, falls luck, on Celtic's yeah. way. Yeah. The next bit, Skulls wins a free kick off Lennon at the edge. Another one. Is that a dive? Come on, Skullsy. Lennon is absolutely Furious, yeah. raging at it. It's a lot closer than Nakamura's. What do you think of that, Melly? Because that was some ginger on ginger crime. You must have. <laughs> that, that's that's my ideal centre midfield yeah. there. Get them all in. <laughs> but uh, Lennon's obviously raging. Furious, I think. Does he get booked? I don't know yeah, if it's for the free kick, yeah. for the foul, but I think it's for abusing Snarling. the referee. So the free kick comes. Ronaldo takes it, and we all know Ronaldo can hit a free kick. Maloney sort of comes out the wall and, and jumps, and it, it hits him and goes out for a corner, and the crowd just go nuts, and then. you know there's a yellow card gone up I think he's given a penalty oh it's a charge down somebody came out of the wall and charged it down they weren't looking at the ball we're in that same game Man United given a penalty yeah so judge that you've handballed it what were your feelings then because the place was rocking I remember when we were I was watching the game I thought this always happens to us we get there and then it's just taken away at the end because Martin O'Neill had been so unlucky to qualify so many times. 
and then the penalty how were your feelings from the penalty being given up to the penalty being saved uh, I was just devastated because I, I was uh, charging in the wall and uh, we'd watched Ronaldo's free kicks um, and my job was to try and get in the way if I could even though it was stationary and it wasn't in there uh, and it, it now it would have uh, it would have been given a penalty as well even more so now your, my arm came up and um, just devastated that it could have been um, like that we were so close to qualifying and that but Arthur was really really good at penalties and um, he was having an amazing season so the noise from the penalty saves almost is the same as when the goal goes in it's unbelievable when you watch it back yeah there was sort of moments in those nights the Champions League nights when you beat a team we beat Benfica in that competition as well in that campaign, like the when you get nights like that against some of the elite teams. It's, uh, there's not uh, there's not too many places. Um, at least I've been where it's been as normal. I don't know why, but I'm sure I remember this right when the penalty was given. Like it was a bit of confusion because it went for the corner and people were celebrating the free kick we missed, and we couldn't believe it. And I just I remember saying to you, why does this always happen to us? You just get this amazing goal. We didn't know we were going through, but you're going to beat Man United. No. And then something stupid like this, you get a daft penalty against you. Like, why always us? Aye, <laughs> that, that's it. And then, again, this is the, the closing stages as well. And as we've heard, Sean Maloney you know, kind of fesses up to it. He just says, you know, you'd be looking for that kind of thing if it mm. happened against you. He just... He comes out and it, the biomechanics uh, of the of the challenge <laughs> raised his arm. The bullet saved the penalty itself. See if you watch it back. Boric did this so often. He, obviously, he saves this. But his preparation for a penalty just before it struck every single time for Boric, he always switches his hips to the other side from the one he's going to go to. Yeah. He, he does a kind of theatrical change of direction and then dives the way he wanted to dive all along. I think it's just a sort of last last very last second off-putting tactic but um, miles oh. off his line when he said oh, this yeah. one by miles off it but we'll take it <laughs> it's a good save yeah it was it was quite a decent penalty down to Boric's right the bottom left corner from Zaha <laughs> Zaha <laughs> and uh, he saves it again flying save I think I was I was told that if whatever knee the goalkeeper bends that's the way he's going right, to go right. so I think he's trying to put them off by doing that Fly and save, and the place goes absolutely mental again. The ball flies out for a throw-in, and he's trying to get players are tapping in the back. He's trying to get them back in. Probably a bigger cheer for that than the, yeah. than the goal at that point because the tension was so high. Yeah. It's such a noise. I remember the Celtic Valencia game, the penalty shootout, when our opposition team's taking a penalty, like the scarfs are behind the goal are being waved about, there's just jeering. It must be it must be horrible for Saha to try and step up and hit that. And with that miss earlier on the se- in the game, his confidence must have been shattered. Must have been terrible for you trying to say Saha again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> This um, in 2017, the Telegraph ran a hundred greatest Champions League moments, and Boric's save was number 85 was of it? all time. Was yeah. the, did the did the goal feature? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, the final whistle came in, and 
as we discussed at the, the top of the programme, there was a bit of confusion, even in even in the ground, as to whether or not we had managed to qualify, did we qualify, how we qualified. Yeah, well, the way it works out, Celtic, the two-legged games that finished 3-3, we obviously get the two away goals. We're Won both, the Battle of Britain. Yes. yes. Yeah. We're both on nine points, and the way the games worked out, Celtic went through because they couldn't be overtaken, so they'd either finish first or second. So we went through... All we had to do was match Man United's result in the last game and we went through top of the group. But in true Celtic fashion, we went over to Copenhagen and were a goal down after two minutes, scored by Chelsea great Jesper Gronkia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the fact, there's a guy, it was, oh no, it was Hutchison that scored in the second minute, Gronkia scores in the 27th minute, so that's that game setting match. Marcus Albach scores as well, put them three up, Yarisic gets one back. Man United beat Benfica in a winner-takes-all at Old Trafford to qualify top. And Celtic drew Milan, who were oh, obviously yeah. a great team, drew 0-0 and then lost to that Kaka goal in uh, extra time. So if Celtic had a, not kicked the bed and went to Copenhagen, but we'd never won a Champions League away no. game at the time, we could have finished top, played Lille. Man United then went on and absolutely scout Roma. Remember they beat them 7-1 Seven at Old Trafford? Yeah. And then it went... Went through 8-3 on aggregate to play in the semi-finals. AC Milan. They lost 5-3. AC Milan went on to the final and beat Liverpool 2-1. And Zaghi got a double. Dirk Coit scored in the last minute, so all comes full circle. And we so we got put out, Stephen, by the eventual winners. Yep. And it was uh, Kaka. And I think I watched an interview with Kaka where he says that was one of his favourite goals that he scored. Yeah, he said he knew they'd won it after that because it was such a hard game they couldn't break Celtic yeah. down. Plus, it was was it fucking no extra time or something? Yeah. and it was Van der Snow who gave the ball away. <laughs> um, I'm going to close this out with a couple of quotes just to finish up here. Shunsuke Nakamura, Shunsuke Nakamura. Um, it was the best goal of my life. Edwin Van der Sar is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and now I've beaten him twice. The free kick at Old Trafford was good, but this was better, and this is where he loses me. There are a lot of young players outside Japan now, and hopefully, this has proved that they can be at this level. Hmm. No, yeah, don't yeah. know about that. One from uh, did you Google Translate that? Or? Yeah, <laughs> one from Archie McPherson. There's a commentating that night. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't find the the actual clip for it, but at the time he definitely said this. He said he could only open a can of beans with that left foot of his. <laughs> what of the fifty seven varieties are we going to get this time? A quite extraordinary, but quite clever beans yeah, reference when uh, when uh, commentating. And just a final one from the Celtic fans themselves, and it goes as follows. Fletcher, bless yourself. Fletcher, Fletcher, bless yourself. To a Darren Fletcher who was warming up at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, Gordon Strachan. Any thoughts about Gordon Strachan? I mean, Melly, you did say twice in a row he managed to get us through there. He seemed Something to have going. the knack, didn't he? Yeah, it was just that the last couple of seasons, it just, it just got really turgid under him. We were struggling to break teams down. Maybe he didn't get backed enough, but when you look back on his regime, Taking over from Martin O'Neill was going to be a really difficult task. It's really hard for somebody to take over a guy like that and still do really well. I mean, he, he only lost the league once in his time there, didn't he? Yeah. And his final season wasn't it, the yeah. fourth one. Yeah. yeah, and he 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 did trim down the budget significantly. He yeah. didn't get the funds O'Neill got. He cut the wage bill. I remember an interview with him saying he took money out the first team squad and put it into the youth development I think so that and it was the time we were moving to Lennox Town mm. as well so there was a lot of money being ploughed into other things that wasn't the squad but he still he's done a good job in the end witty guy witty guy as well I just want to end on a quote it says uh, 
when people say to me, would you rather be thought of as funny a man or a great boss? My answer is always the same. To me, they're not mutually exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) And on that quote, (laughs) we will end. Thanks to everyone who listens and thank especially to the patrons who support this podcast through your donations. We very, very much appreciate it and we will be back with more in the coming weeks. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.